0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. You have your girl, Laura, here in the home studio. Frankie's here too, if you hear the pitter-patter of little feet. And this will likely be the last episode that goes up on my personal YouTube channel. Um, This may be the last virtual episode, although um, there are going to be some big announcements and changes coming likely after this episode. So with that all said, I'm very excited to jump in today's topic with you ladies. This is going to be an intro and overview to PEDs in Bikini. What is really going on? Do we need them? And essentially just a, a conversation about all of it. So let's jump right in. This is a topic that I've been very, not reluctant because I have really wanted to speak on it, but I guess I've been fearful in some ways of creating, I don't know, um, just ruffling feathers, I guess, within the division that I love, bikini, um, and just putting this much transparent information out there all at once. And while there are others that talk about these things, a lot of this information is not widely available, or it might be behind a paywall, or it's just not discussed from the perspective of a bikini pro. There are those on YouTube and online that will talk about this. A lot of them tend to be, I would say, male YouTubers, or those who have a very specific vantage point. And so they really only present one One uh, viewpoint, I suppose, and they don't discuss alternatives, they're not providing a lot of information, they're really maybe just advancing what they see as the best approach. And that's not really what I'm going to do today. This is think of this as a big sis, little sis talk, and by that, I don't mean that I'm your big sister, but I mean that. The division of bikini is changing so rapidly and there's so much evidence to show that. You can just literally look at the winners of the Olympia over the last 10 years or even over the last, you guys, over the last four to six years and see how much it's changed, how much more muscle mass is being accrued in us as bikini athletes, how there are visible signs of virilization and masculinization becoming very widespread among the division amongst the athletes in the division and maybe that's not a bad thing but I I personally feel like bikini is meant to be like a beautiful fit model and when I see rampant virilization and I'm going to I'm going to use the words virilization and masculinizations interchangeably here because that's essentially what the the term means and I think that's just a little easier to understand so when I see masculinization, visible signs, rampant in amateur competitors, which I've never seen prior to the last one to two years. I am concerned. I am concerned. A lot of us entering in the sport, we may be in our early 20s. We may have a whole life ahead of us. We may want to have a family in the future. Um, We may not want to have our dating and our romantic prospects limited because of this. So let's just kind of jump right into it. And a lot of this Outline and what's in here are accrued from clients of mine who have asked questions, from those of you on Instagram and online who ask questions. So let's just kind of frame the conversation. So one of the questions that came up was, what is the pers- the real percentage of pros using PEDs? PED meaning performance enhancing drug, which can be a, a wide variety of things, right? And even Olympic cyclists, you know, Lance Armstrong and that whole controversy were busted for PEDs. A lot of professional, you know, major league professional sports. Um, There's a lot of drug use, whether it's painkillers or steroids or things like that going on too. So recognize that pretty much any time there's an athletic professional level sport with money on the line to be won, this is likely going to be going on. So first of all, what are the real percentage of pros using these? Aren't they illegal? Are they safe? Even in small doses, no one really talks about it. So let's try to cover all of this today. And I'm going to be I'm going to try to be somewhat concise because my objective here is not to describe and give a scientific, scientific explanation about everything out there, although I'm going to give you guys a really good resource that has helped me and also a really reputable source to get more information if you're curious about it. So, so first of all, so the real percentage of pros using PEDs, I would say that any pro who is placing at a show... It is highly unlikely that they are natural. Just, you know, I'm not going to say they're not natural, but it is very unlikely, near impossible to be a pro in the bikini division, placing it shows with the way the division is. And that's just the amount of muscularity, the amount of leanness and conditioning. Not just, and, and when I say that, that doesn't mean that. Every pro isn't natural. That doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of pros that probably turn pro naturally. And that doesn't mean that you can't do amazingly well, especially at the amateur level, naturally. But what I'm saying is at the highest levels, particularly like Olympia level, I would probably bet my house that none of the athletes in the Olympia are natural. I just don't see that as possible. Um, You can also now you can visibly tell how the athletes are looking. Um, there are times where I've been at shows and I've seen bikini athletes with visible injection marks on their body. So signs like that very clearly demonstrate that somebody is not natural. Um, so at the pro level, it's going to be a high percentage. Again, I do not think I'm I'm not a big supporter of PEDs. I think natural is best, and I'll I'll get into that shortly. But that's kind of the reality. And so aren't they illegal is another good question. And the short answer is yes. Anything that you do not have a prescription for is illegal in the U.S. All of these things are controlled substances. Um, some of them are not even available by prescription. So those things are just illegal. So um, keep that in mind. Don't, I don't recommend doing anything illegal. I always recommend getting things prescribed, getting things from a doctor, And uh, are they safe even in small doses? And while these things can be used responsibly, the level that we're talking in bodybuilding, which is not necessarily just for hormone rebalancing or um, to address issues, you know, a lot of these anabolics are prescribed for things like people with AIDS or people, you know, who really have significant muscle mass and bone loss and you know muscle wasting and things like that, which are not us as young, healthy individuals who like to work out. So while they can be taken safely, that does not mean that they're safe. So I hope that makes sense. A lot of this conversation, ladies, it's, I'm going to feel a little bit like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth and I'm just trying to explain and, and give good context. So with those questions above in mind, who would be a good candidate to consider PED use? Like, let's say we are trying to be a competitive bodybuilder. I still always recommend start as a natural athlete. And I think it is it is really imperative to start your journey in fitness, in muscle building, in competing naturally. Because the thing is, if you've never competed naturally the the peds the drugs may be a bit of a crutch for you you may never develop the habits and the work ethic and the confidence that you can push your body to an extreme level on your own don't give me peds i mean performance enhancing is built into the name they are going to make the process easier so i don't think it's a good idea to shortchange yourself of that i think you should learn how to get lean and diet and look amazing without that. And with that said, I want to show a few examples of clients of mine, past and current clients who are completely natural, who did amazing, looked amazing with nothing other than supplements you could get at GNC. Um, You know, their supplements for muscle building would be something like creatine monohydrate. Their fat burners would be something like L-carnitine, which comes from meat, comes from our food. We get it concentrated at the supplement store on Amazon. And then a caffeinated fat burner. So some type of like caffeine pill, like, um, you know, animal cuts or... Um, Bioheat or something like that. Um, so I want to just show, first of all, my client, Lena. So this is a photo of her from NPC USA's in 2022. So this was not this past summer, but last summer. She looks incredible from the front. I was so proud of her. She worked really hard. She won her class easily at a very large show prior to this. And we needed to get her a little tighter, which we did. And from the front, I felt like she was very, very competitive to turn pro. Lena had a very kind of I would I would say a off-season prior to this a building phase that was really lacking in consistency. She is a super hard worker, but for a long time she had to kind of get her mindset dialed in. And so the glutes, the hamstrings were not as full, not as conditioned as what a pro girl might look like, but you can see with this starting point if she had A really great off season to just build, you know, a year or two years. She could easily, I think, turn pro naturally. And she's very tall. She's built like me. She's about 5'11". So just the balance, the small waist, this beautiful line here. And again, she was taking essentially creatine and caffeinated fat burners for um, cutting. And then here we have Lupe. So this is a photo of her at NPC Nationals in 2021. She placed 12th at this show. She looked incredible as well. This was her first year competing ever. Her supplements, again, creatine for muscle building, caffeinated fat burners, L-carnitine for fat loss. And essentially, ladies, like it is not some mystery. If you are healthy, if your hormones are healthy, if your thyroid's healthy, and you can train hard and you can push yourself super hard with cardio and you can be okay dieting, you can look absolutely incredible. And yes, genetics will play into the equation, but oftentimes it's literally just those that work the hardest look the best. And so Lupe could have used a little bit more glutes, a little bit more fullness there. And if I showed you the back shot compared to the other girls in the lineup, you could see that. But again, she and I really started together. We had a few months of building, recomping, and then we put her right into a prep. She won her class in a spring show. We took a very short little off-season, and then we prepped her for this show, and uh, and this was in December of 2021. That was a very competitive national show, that December 2021 nationals, so very proud of her. And then these are some recent photos of my client, Plumena, and she's about 5'9". She's a mom of two. And she's also 100% natural. I actually had to talk her into taking creatine because in her words, she does not like taking supplements, meaning supplements from a supplement store, not anything additional. And Plumena looked absolutely incredible. She worked super hard. She did everything I told her, everything, you know, during her off-season building phase, she ate extremely clean. She did not eat processed foods, packaged foods, um, other than the occasional like bagel, English muffin here and there. She did not eat sugars. She was not really going out to eat, which was which was her choice, but I think it really benefited her. And this was her September show. So this is coming out of her late September show this year, 2023. She won four first places. She won two overalls in that show. And then this was going into the Master USA in November. So basically, I reverse dieted her to fill her out a little bit more being so tall She does need a little more size to turn pro, but you can see the potential here is absolutely insane. And let's go to the back shot because just look at this, you guys, like this is again, this is her first year competing completely natural. And this is just literally September to late November to, um, or excuse me, late September to mid, mid November. And you can see here, what we're doing is adding a little bit more to her rear delts. We want to focus on back development a little bit and maybe she could have opened up a little bit more here but you see her glutes are developed we're not getting too much hamstring separation you know she's got nice defined calves she looks great and and you can see just the shape and the proportions in here are amazing when you get her next to other athletes because she is about five nine she could use a bit more size but i started with her i believe april or may of this year and i didn't even really have to cut her she just worked so hard she ate very clean And we essentially just grew into these shows. So I think a lot of athletes nowadays are convincing themselves without even trying that they're not going to make progress naturally. Or I think just some of it is that we're so, we have such short attention spans. Like all of us have ADD or ADHD and we see these pro girls online or we see these bikini Olympians online and we just want to be that. Right, I know how that feels, believe me. I know how that feels. I had that feeling back in 2012, you know, 2011, when I was looking at these magazines like Muscle and Fitness Hers, Oxygen Magazine, and looking at the bikini pros and figure pros and just seeing how amazing they looked. But now it's like we see it and we want instant gratification because we get instant gratification in every other area of our life. We have Amazon Prime for all of our shopping needs. We have Instacart for our groceries. We have dating apps for our romantic life. And we are just so used to immediate gratification and the thing is with bodybuilding it's a journey it's about patience it's about just taking the time because one thing i want to break down too that um we should talk about too so with the risks and perceived benefits so women we have the same risks as men except we actually have more so the main risks with steroid or PED abuse are the risks to our heart health our liver health our kidney health um, for men too they might take insulin which can cause a um, coma and death they may take and women take these two diuretics which can cause cardiac episodes and death um, stimulants can cause heart episodes so we have all of these risks But now we have to stack on top of that, the risk of virilization or essentially masculinization. So women, it's even more important that we're really thoughtful and we're really mindful with the choices we're making because the risks are not the same as men. They're actually higher. Um, if you don't, if you don't care about your femininity or the changes that can, and can occur, then, then I guess that's not a risk for you. But for the bikini division, I think most athletes would value that, um, Maybe not everyone, maybe not everyone, but, um, so let's kind of talk about who would be a good candidate. So if your goal is truly to be like Miss Bikini Olympia and you have been natural for years, you've completely plateaued, or let's say your blood work indicates that, let's say you are very low in testosterone, you could do a hormone therapy therapy. Um, for something like that, or your goal is truly to be Miss Bikini Olympia, the best in the world, then yes, maybe you're going to consider these. But again, I would really encourage you to always do things prescribed through a doctor, and remember that lowest effective dose is always best. So think of it this way, and let's use let's use the example of Anavar, which is commonly thought of as a steroid for women. Let's say that we have a, a stairway, right? We are not best off when we first start anavar. we first start anabolics, going to the highest dose we can possibly take. We are much better off doing a very small dose, getting as much benefit as possible before considering increasing a dose. And so as you go, think of it as the stairway. So you're increasing your dose for something like that. Maybe it's two and a half milligrams, five milligrams, seven and a half. And this could be over the period over of years, months, If you go straight from nothing to 20 milligrams of Anovar, which is often considered, you know, the highest dose any woman should take, you are going to lose out on all the gains and all the benefits you would have incurred by starting with lower dosages. So just by skipping ahead, by going too aggressive too fast, you are losing out on all the benefits you could have gotten at a much safer, much lower risk dose. So I hope that concept of... Lowest effective dose makes sense. And let me put this on the outline here too. Always. Okay. So I think that answer is number one. With anabolics and SARMs. So anabolics can also be referred to as AAS, androgenic anabolic steroids. All of those are derived from testosterone. um, SARMs. Are selective androgen receptor modulators, and SARMs. I don't. I wouldn't recommend. I. I have not used. I would not use. They're available in supplement stores because they are not legally considered supplement or dietary um, supplements by the FDA. They are considered research compounds. So, for example, they can be sold in stores because they are for research research purposes. So you know, if you were to have lab rats and you're doing research on them, that is basically what they're sold for. They are not intended for human use, which is why they're still legally allowed to be sold in stores. I think at some point there probably will be a crackdown on those because they're essentially like anabolic steroids. Um, They have a lot of similar muscle building benefits, although they're still very toxic to the liver. And even though they're not supposed to introduce risks of virilization and masculinization, anecdotally, we see that they do sometimes. So, and and the toxicity to the liver can be significantly higher than all of these other compounds like anabolics that have been studied for decades. So keep that in mind too. Testosterone, anabolic steroids have been around since the 1960s. SARMs have been around for a very short period of time. They're not well studied. They are not well understood. They're not made pharmaceutical grade in the U.S. like testosterone and Anivar and other other compounds like this are. Many of them are made overseas in places like China, for example. So um, what can happen? They can be contaminated with other steroids. They can be contaminated with heavy metals. Um, The preliminary evidence that is out there too, and I'll try to link it, More Plates, More Dates, did a really great video on this Not that long ago, a lot of the preliminary research out there too suggests that they could increase cancer risk. So I I don't think that the benefits outweigh the risks with SARMs. I think it's much more practical to just use a low dose um, anabolic that is prescribed, so that you know what you're taking is real and is not contaminated, and you know what to expect, and you know that it's been studied for decades and decades. And you're not taking a, a research compound that's only been around for a few years. So um, so that's that piece there. Short-term and long-term side effects for women. So let's just, I kind of just want to jump right into what virilization and masculinization really means and can look like. And um, so short-term, any hormonal, you know, any hormones, exogenous hormones we're taking. You could have things like acne. You could have things like hair loss. Um, Those can be temporary. You can have vocal changes like deepening of the voice. That can be temporary. However, that can also be permanent. So the more androgenic uh, supplement you're taking, the more likely it is that some of these side effects are going to be permanent, which is why Anovar is so common for women. It is the least androgenic anabolic steroid. Um, you could argue that TRT in very low doses meaning at a hormone replacement dose is you know just as safe or safer um, or will, will not introduce those risks. I'll touch on that in a moment. So vocal deepening, hairline um, receding hairlines, hair loss, acne, um, those are all risks. You can have facial changes so you can have growth of the jawline so, one thing that I'm I'm really seeing all over the place, and maybe it's just because I'm here in Southern California, where we're really at the epicenter of bodybuilding. But you can have jawline growth where the jawline actually protrudes and kind of comes out this way, and a really clear sign. I mean, first of all, the women that are experiencing this, they they truly do look more like a male in their face, and you see their face change over time. So if you look at their photos of when they were an amateur, when they earned their pro card, and a few years later, you see their their face is much more square are much wider that's a very obvious sign that they're taking some type of anabolic that is causing that change and it can be any anabolic it could be anavar it could be winstrol it could be testosterone it could be primabolene um, it's just whatever that anabolic is is too much the dose is too high and and granted there will be genetic variability so some women are going to be more susceptible to this than others and so when you really see that jawline start to protrude and particularly when it's becomes the widest part of the face like it's even wider than here at your temples that's a really obvious sign that virilization is occurring and and that's Essentially permanent, although you could have, I think there's some pretty extreme plastic surgery where you can have your jawline like shaved down. Um, Sounds very painful, but I'm sure if they can, you know, do rhinoplasties and nose jobs and things like that, you know, you can have your jawline shaved down to fix that. But once that's happening, the facial changes are just going to keep coming and and coming. Um, So even if you were to have that shaved down, continuing steroid use, you might have, have issues with just more facial changes occurring. Um, So that's one of them. And then the the last main one um, is, um, I guess, actually, I forgot to say hair growth. So hair growth, say on the face, on the body, that's one that can be temporary, that can be permanent. And then the last one is clitoromegaly. And um, it seems kind of ridiculous, but um, this is a real thing. And if you go on a deep dark search on the adult part of the internet, you can find exactly what I'm talking about. And the clitoris in women can swell to the point where it becomes more of an appendage. Or, you know, if you want to think of it as like a micro penis, um, appendage is probably a better term for it. Because yeah, I don't, um, I don't know that you could fully describe it as that. But it's there, it's there available online. So, um, you can look it up, you can see it for yourself. Um, and that's, you know, once you're at that point, that is permanent. You're not going to be able to reverse that. Maybe there are surgeries to adjust that. I don't know. Um, but in general, you know, a lot of these changes, like think about it, that's a really life altering change to your body and to your femininity that you're going to put yourself, um, at risk of. And I was told, cause I was not back there, but at the master's USA, for example, um, just this past November, there was an, a bikini athlete back there who had an appendage right between her legs. And, uh, you know, it was being talked about because obviously that's quite surprising to see. Um, you know, if you look like a beautiful woman and you've incurred some of these changes, like that, not, I imagine that wouldn't just affect, How you feel about yourself, but that's obviously going to affect, you know, if you have a partner or a husband or a boyfriend or if you're single and you're dating, that's going to affect your romantic life significantly. So I think, you know, where I really get concerned is so many athletes are just so in a rush and they're so desperate for a freaking pro card, which ultimately is not going to change your life that much. You know, you're probably you'll be excited when you get it, but you'll probably go back to being just as happy as you were before within a few weeks to a few months of getting that pro card. So I see all these athletes who are so desperate for it. And so in a rush and not thinking through these very real side effects. So on top of that, you can give yourself heart disease. You can really damage your liver and kidneys. And remember that you don't get more of those, you know, your kidneys are, they work like Brita filters, basically they're just think of them really, really, I'm really simplifying it here, but think of it this way. Your kidneys are two big Brita Brita filters when they're done they're done. You know, there are plenty of male bodybuilders that are on dialysis and things like that. And so you, you have to consider all of those risks on top of the very real risk of losing yourself as a woman. Um, so again, Anivar is really common because it is the least androgenic anabolic steroid. Um, it can also be prescribed. However, there was a ban that went on, I believe I was looking up some of the um, information online. I believe it's just in certain dosages. Um, but that just went into effect this September, so that may affect the availability of prescription pharmaceutical grade Anavar, which is always what I recommend because about you know 90% of the time it is faked or it is contaminated and being contaminated with other steroids like Winstrol, D-ball, um things that could have more more side effects. So TRT, in contrast. That is testosterone replacement therapy, or for women, a lot of times it's called HRT, meaning hormone replacement therapy. And the concept behind this is that it's a very low dose, just enough to kind of keep you regulated in a really nice, acceptable, normal level. It's prescribed by a doctor, and you're getting regular blood work to check that your dose is appropriate. Anov- um, not anovar, excuse me, Testosterone or TRT can come in a few forms. It can be injectable as shots intramuscularly. It can be a cream that is absorbed through the skin. It can be a lozenge or a pellet. Um, so any of those methods are available through doctors that prescribe that. And your blood work should qualify you. And the idea there is that the dose is very low. So it's not the same as you know doing cycles of a steroid or things like that. It's just something that you're meant to stay on. And regulate your body's natural levels and just stay very balanced. However, testosterone is a very anabolic, um, very anabolic hormone. So, meaning it's going to help us grow a lot of muscle tissue. So, even if we're just taking it for hormone replacement, it's going to help us build a lot of muscle. And I've been open on YouTube videos. If you guys watch some of my prep series, I'm I'm considered very minimal, right? I Um, or at least that's what some of the doctors and professionals in my corner have told me. I don't take much. I am on TRT. Um, I've been on that for a, you know, decent, not a long time, but, um, maybe about a year at this point, um. And it's definitely helped me build muscle. It's definitely helped me build muscle. I started my career as a natural athlete and I'm very glad that I did because I learned to diet. I learned to get lean. I learned to do this process and build naturally. And I feel like I really pushed my body and built a lot of strength naturally before I considered other things. And I'm also really happy with how my body has made it through now eight preps. I've been very healthy through all these preps. My liver is fine. My kidneys are fine. Um, My heart health is in a good place. You know, my hormone levels have been rebalanced. My testosterone has come back low a few times. And so that's kind of why I did opt for that. Um, And also to think about it this way. So with TRT, it's bioidentical, meaning it's exactly what's in your body. Um, Just the risks of it are quite low, especially given that you're going to be monitored by a medical professional. With all that said, there's a lot of non-anabolic PEDs as well. So there are things like fat burners, like Clen, T3, ECA, which is fedra, caffeine, and aspirin stacked together. There are peptides and growth hormone. There are estrogen blockers, etc. And in general, ladies, like I still always recommend less is more. An estrogen blocker is not necessary. You know, athletes will take this thinking it's going to make them leaner or harder, It's not really needed. I've never once taken an estrogen blocker. The only thing I've ever taken is DIM, which is a natural supplement. It comes from broccoli and it basically just helps the body metabolize its estrogen a little more quickly. It's very gentle. Um, An estrogen blocker, depending on which ones you're taking. So there's Novidex, which kind of just blocks estrogen receptor. Supposedly a little more gentle, but You know, really be thoughtful of these if you think that you want to have a family, if you think you want to have kids, if you're concerned about, you know, if you're 20 and you're thinking that down the road at 30, 35, you might want to have a family, you need to be thinking really long term with this. You know, um, the estrogen blockers like anastrozole, arimidex, those are going to more so block the actual production of estrogen. And if that if your body turns off its estrogen production, it may not come back on or it may not come back to the levels that you'll need. So just be really careful with these because ultimately it's an extra cost and it's an extra risk to your health. And I I really don't see those as necessary. Same thing with fat burners like clen T3, ECA. If you have any type of heart condition or kidney condition, you should not be taking those. If you have a heart condition, stimulants, fat burners, things like that are just going to increase the risk that you could have a cardiac episode. If you were a past, let's say you're sober and you're a past drug user or you had a history of drug use. Um also not a good idea to be using these um, just because again, they are gonna put more stress on your heart. And then there are things like growth hormone and peptides, which most of these, I mean, the typical peptides that are taken for bodybuilding are gonna be things like epimeralin, ibutamorin. Um those in general, they're gonna stimulate the body's production of growth hormone. And yes, you could take actual growth hormone, but for what it does, which is a little, you know, a little bit of fat burning, a little bit of assistance with muscle building. It's quite expensive. Like it's, it's orders of magnitude more expensive than anabolics. So with that all in mind, just really, again, consider what your objective and goal is. If you're like, if you're just trying to win a local show, you really don't need all of this stuff. And, and even then it's like, you can win a local show naturally in bikini. If you give yourself the time, if you have the muscle mass, if you can be a little patient, so for for what that's worth. Um, other supplements that are, say, not PEDs, or I wouldn't I wouldn't consider them PEDs, things you could go get at the supplement store. So L-carnitine, it's a great natural fat burner. It allows your body to better tap into its fat stores for energy. You can get that liquid form from your supplement store. You can get that from a clinic. Um, or I think online too as an injectable form. Injectable is going to be a little bit more potent. Creatine is amazing. Creatine is the most basic, fundamental supplement for muscle building. It comes from meat, and uh, you know for women about five to six grams a day is an effective dose. Something like that is awesome. And then there are herbal testosterone boosters too. So things like maca root, Um, DHEA sulfate is a hormonal precursor. All of those things can be taken to naturally boost your testosterone levels and are not going to come. All of these things are not going to come with the health side effects that I'm talking about above. So I just really want to encourage you ladies, think long-term, be risk averse, be smart, do your research. Like The stories I've heard over the last few years too have just blown my mind. Like One time I met this athlete, and I don't think it was her first show, but she was a fairly new competitor. And she told me that she had a coach that wasn't very good and she had switched coaches and she was telling me about that coach that was not very good. And she said, yeah, you know, this coach used to inject me. And I said, with what? And she goes, I don't know. And like, just think about that. Like you're allowing any, any and all possibilities to be going on. How are you so... I mean, I hate to say it's stupid that you're not considering what the risks are. You're not even asking the questions of what compound are you putting in my body? Are you kidding me? So, um, yeah, there's just so many horror stories. So, um, you know, another thing too, I guess I'll touch on is it's become really common in the verbiage and online is you hear about trend, right? Trend is a very, very androgenic anabolic steroid as well um the trend is not a compound for bikini athletes to be using because it is in general for women to be using it is so aggressive and so androgenic that likely you are going to have virilization almost immediately if you're taking that so um Yeah, I just, I just want to caution against that. So make sure that you're really asking a lot of questions that anything being recommended to you by a coach or trainer, you're really thinking about, you're talking to a doctor about, you're Googling, you're understanding yourself and think about it this way too. If your coach is selling you PEDs, they are incentivized to give you more than you need because they are making money off of you, right? So Think about it that way. A coach that is selling you all of your supplements is incentivized to give you more than you need because they are making money off of your consumption. So be smart, ladies. Take care of yourself. The resource that I did um, mention that's really good, this book, this is the Bible of Bodybuilding by Dr. George Tuliato. So he is a medical doctor. Based in Greece, he speaks English, and I, f- I came across him by watching the Muscular Development YouTube channel. Um, he used to do these segments, and his nickname is Dr. Testosterone. So he is an MD. He's a retired national level bodybuilder, competitor. And this book, it's very, it's very dense. It's very um, science. There's a lot of biology in here, so this is not going to be just like light reading material. Um, you're going to probably need to take notes. You might need to chat with your coach, go through it, but this is an amazing resource and this is available on Amazon. So this is how I learned a lot of what I know. Obviously I've had coaches and mentors over the years. I've done my own research online, but for actual reputable material put out by someone who is a doctor and who is a legitimate medical expert, you're not, I don't think you'll find anything better anywhere. So, um, so that's a great resource and I will link that below. So now let's kind of shift gears and let's talk about how to minimize harm or minimize side effects. So blood work is essential. And and I think that's essential whether you're natural or you're enhanced. You should be doing this after cycles, after preps. Um, In general, if if you're enhanced, the ideal way to go about this is in between any cycle, get blood work, check your hormone levels, check your heart, kidney, liver health, all of that. Um, steroid testing kits so if you are getting anything that is not prescribed which I again I do not recommend I recommend always prescription there are kits online you can buy to test the compounds and make sure the compounds that you think you're buying are not contaminated or actually what they say they are don't get ripped off don't be don't be a victim in this scenario so that's a that's an option too um, water intake needs to be high. It needs to be high for your kidney and liver health, especially taking oral compounds. So oral compounds, say Anivar in a pill form, anything in a pill form is gonna be broken down by your liver, your liver is gonna be very stressed out. And when you're taking anything anabolic like that, like let's say you're doing a cycle of Anivar, if it's in your off season or something, you should not be drinking alcohol, you should not be taking Tylenol, you should not be taking Accutane. All of those things are very hard on the liver And you could literally put yourself at risk of liver failure if you're not being smart. Aim for a lot of water over a gallon. So over a gallon, gallon and a quarter, maybe gallon and a half. Um, Some other things you can do too are liver and kidney support supplements. So a common ingredient for that would be like a milk thistle for the liver. Glutathione, you can get that in IVs. You can get that in little lozenges. You can take N-acetylcysteine. That's, I put that in here, N-A-C- for short, and acetylcysteine it's a precursor to glutathione, which is a very strong antioxidant. It's very detoxifying to the body. Um, so there's all of that too. And then depending on what you are taking, ladies, so high-dose anivar or long-duration, you know, keep track of your face, yes. But more so for things like primabolin, winstrol, which are becoming more and more common and more popular uh, for bikini competitors, I recommend that you're taking daily photos of your face, so that way, if a change is starting to occur, you can see it. Once the once the change is happening, you cannot go back. You cannot undo it. Like like I mentioned, like yeah, you could go get jaw surgery, but that's going to be a very invasive, very expensive process, and that will not stop your face from changing if you continue your steroid use. So be smart, be safe, um, think long-term voice recordings as well. You know, if you're doing a, a cycle of something very heavy duty or a longer term, um, or you're noticing in your prep while you're taking things that, um, your voice seems more raspy or really more harsh. And, and this is something I would say I'm a little bit maybe insecure about. I think my voice has gotten more raspy over my years competing. However, I have, um, I have a nine-year history of cannabis use that, up until six weeks ago, was a very um, impactful habit to my life. It just became, I don't know, a part of my routine when I moved to California. Helped me a lot with relaxing and, and not being so so high anxiety and so a-type, um, especially particularly for sleep is what I used it for. So I think that primarily my voice. Has been affected by that and just the natural aging process, but I still I take voice recordings of myself so I can tell how I'm sounding during preps in between preps. Obviously, this podcast has documented my voice too, um, so do that as well. And then remember that you always want the lowest effective dose for everything. So you know if you're if you're climbing that staircase, you know with you know with Anavar or with TRT or whatever it is. Like th- even if you're doing TRT, think about it this way. If you start with one milligram or two milligrams weekly or whatever that might be, you're going to probably get benefits if that's regulating you in a more optimal way. Going straight to four milligrams or higher, you're going to lose out on the benefits you might have gotten at a lower dose, and you're going to increase the risk that there's some type of side effect, too. So even with something, you know, gentle, doctor prescribed, doctor regulated, like TRT, there's still a benefit there with going with the lowest effective dose, starting slow and ramping up as needed. Just kind of like turning the dial, titrating the dose slowly and gradually, and really thinking with your long-term health in mind. Um, So I feel like I covered a lot. Um, I know it's not crazy in depth, but it's just... (laughs) It's gotten very intense with bikini because like, think about it this way, all of these things that I've outlined. So now you have bikini competitors, not just pros, not just Olympians, but girls who are just trying to win an amateur show who might be taking testosterone. You know, let's just do a count on our fingers. Testosterone, Anivar, maybe throw in a little bit of Premabolin or Winstrol. not necessarily at the same time as the other two, but throw in those for good measure. Throw in clen. throw in T3 throw in a peptide or GH, throw in an estrogen blocker. So now we're all of a sudden talking about a bikini cycle or bikini stack of seven, seven, maybe eight different compounds. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. And I'm fearful and I'm concerned about the future of the division that I love. Like I said, I think bikini is intended to be very feminine and very beautiful. And I truly hope it stays that way. I don't, I don't like that I see these really young girls in their early 20s with their faces changing and their faces looking like men, um, their voices sounding like men. I think a lot of these women are going to wake up in 10 years and be sad and regretful because you guys like becoming an IFBB pro. It's something I wanted for seven years. It's not going to change your life. Like you'll be happy when it happens. Yes. Like you'll be happy when you qualify for Olympia. Yes. But it is not going to make or break your life. You will be just as happy before or after because your mind determines your happiness, not, not accomplishments. So, um, so I hope this was helpful. Again, I kind of just wanted to frame this as almost like a, you know, big sister talking to a little sister or like a friend talking with another friend because, I've lived it and I have I feel like I'm facing choices myself that I never thought I would make as an example. And then I'll kind of wrap things up. Back in 2019, I was told by a very high level coach in the industry that one of the top girls was injecting testosterone, like one of the top girls in, in bikini. And I was like shocked and horrified and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Bikini girls are taking testosterone. Is this really what we have to do? Is this really what it takes? And yet here I am, you know, or here I was about four years later taking testosterone myself. And yes, and yes, it's hormone replacement. And yes, the dose is low and I'm looking at my blood work and I'm not, you know, seeing any crazy changes to my body or myself that I'm unhappy with, but it's just crazy the the choices that we get presented with. And I think you really need to know yourself and you really need to think about and spend the time reflecting with what you're okay with and what you're not before you just dive headfirst into this world. So again, I hope this was helpful. I hope this was valuable. You guys DM me, um, hit me up with questions. I'm happy to do more episodes that are more focused more material on this. It just, this has been a, a long time coming. I've been very nervous and very apprehensive to speak so openly about this, but I also see that this information is needed. It's needed. I am i don't want other women and other athletes to be harmed by a lack of knowledge. So I think it is important that we share. So again, have so much love for all of you. Thank you guys for your support. Subscribe, follow on IG, bikini underscore things, me, Laura underscore IFBB pro. Follow me on YouTube, Laura Morche, and I will catch you guys in the next episode.